Hey there, and thanks for listening to our podcast. Our mission at Hope is to invite everyone to find Jesus and help them move toward the center of God's purpose for their life. Here's this weekend's message. Hey, I know it's going to be a good morning when you're laughing before I even start. It's going to be awesome. Welcome to all of our campuses, McKinney, Prosper, Frisco West, online, all of us here. You're looking good. Super Bowl Sunday, but who cares, right? I mean, really, who cares? Our team's not in it. But um, uh, two things, two things. Um, First of all, men's conference this Friday, the 16th. You can sign up, foundryconference.net. If you're a guy and you haven't signed up yet, man, come on, uh, 16 and above, we'd love for you to be there. Just good fellowship, great time. The second thing um, is we are hosting uh, Chief Shilson at the police department, the Frisco Police Department. He's the chief. Asked me if we would host uh, the fentanyl awareness, the front line, fentanyl front line. And this is an awareness meeting. It's February 29th. It's a Thursday at 6 o'clock p.m. here at the Frisco East Campus. So wherever campus you may attend, we invite you to come as well as the city and friends and school districts and so forth. Got a panel discussion um, I don't know if you know the, the danger of fentanyl, but it's been talked about on the news and so forth. But this is, it's in our home, it's in our place, and uh, there's going to be some good testimony uh, of this and, and, and what's going on um, in the reality when, when uh, somebody gets a hold of this and um, uh, the tragedy of that. And then what can we do? Okay, so that is the 29th of February uh, right here at the Frisco East Campus. Now today... Uh, I'm very excited about today. I've got a lot, so I need to dive in. But um, uh, over the last few weeks in this new series for the month of February called Committed. Last week, we talked about committed to Jesus. Today, I want to talk about committed to a healthy marriage. Now, the question that I, you know, as I put messages together, I always try to, you know, imagine that I'm sitting there and listening. What, What do I need? To hear, um, what what scripture uh, should I bring um, to the table, and what questions should I be asking of myself? And, and one of those is, what is a healthy marriage? What what does that look like? Because there's no such thing as a perfect marriage, that's for sure. So so what does a healthy marriage look like? And and you may be asking, can I have a healthy marriage? There may be circumstances that surround you where you might wonder, can I or will I ever have a healthy marriage? Um, Will my marriage ever get better? And if you're single, um, for for a variety of reasons, you're widowed, you're divorced, you're not yet married, you're in uh, elementary, you're in middle school or high school, I'm hoping that today is going to be helpful for all of us but specifically those who are married. If you're in a good marriage, if you're in a bad marriage, if you're in a challenging marriage and all in between, these are questions that I would ask myself. And they're complicated because relationships are complicated and marriage is complicated. There are all kinds of complications that surround our marriages or our relationships. Let me list a few. The first one is family of origin. You are dysfunctional even if you didn't know it. Because you come from a family that's somewhat dysfunctional in, in a variety of ways. And so you bring, we bring the family of origin issues. I'm not saying it's all weird, but I'm saying that it is different than your spouse. 
than the person you're dating. And so the family of origin issues matter because, because the, the, the next thing is you have shared space and how you share that space um, with, with your spouse, with somebody new, if you're newly married, and obviously a lot of us are down the road in this marriage, and we know that shared space is an issue. It, it is like you're learning how to, to, to work and live together and the annoying things about him or her. And, it's, and it's, a, it's a complication to the marriage. And then you have uh, communication styles. Some are more animated. Uh, what I mean by that is aggressive and loud. Some are way more quiet and actually shut down when things uh, uh, get heated. And so there are communication styles that, that are different, and that's a complication. The next one is pregnancy or the lack thereof. If there's a pregnancy, that adds complication. And if you are trying to get pregnant, that adds complication. The next one is kids. Now, kids are a blessing. We all know that, right? But sometimes they're complicated and adds complication to the, to the marriage. And then uh, more uh, in, interest issues because of kids and, and, and emotional and, uh, you know, you're, you're just exhausted at the end of the day. Do you understand what I'm saying by interest issues? Okay. Some of you do. That's what I mean. Yes. Now you, got, now you know. Uh, work, careers, that adds complication to, to, especially if you're both working, you're juggling those schedules, travel, uh, kids, soccer, school, academics, teachers quit giving so much homework, okay, we're, 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 we're going to be fine, but, but it is a lot, right? Those, those things add complications. The next one is financial challenge. You add financial challenges to the mix, and that, that's a big one, and, and that adds complication. The next one is addiction issues. If, if, you, are, um, find, if you find yourself uh, or have been, you just brought it to the marriage, addicted to alcohol or addicted to drugs or addicted to porn or addicted to buying uh, greed, you know, whatever, they're, they're, that adds complication to the marriage. And then the next one is health issues. If there's some kind of health issue with going on, maybe it's temporary, maybe it's ongoing, it's a consistent thing, it adds complication to the marriage, to the relationship. The next one is outside attention. Someone from the outside is, is, is encroaching on boundaries and, and overreaching, and, and there's attention. Maybe it's in the neighborhood. Maybe it's at work. There's all kinds of things that, that add complication to the marriage because of interest issues and kids and work, and all those things. And then there's time issues. Just time in, you get, you get to going through the motions. If you've been married for... 10 years or more, it's just kind of like, okay, this is our rhythm. We got kids, we got this, what are we doing? And, and then very rare is the intimacy. I'm not just talking about in the bedroom. I'm talking about intimacy outside time. And then there are spiritual issues. Maybe someone is following more closely uh, to the Lord than somebody else. Maybe somebody's not at all. And all what I'm saying is I'm not trying to depress you, right? Because you're like, man, this is right. Wow, what was I thinking? Okay. What I am trying to say is this, marriage can be hard. How many know that? But how many know that it's worth it? Amen. To have a healthy marriage, and that's what we're talking about today, committed to a healthy marriage. Now, I want to make sure that you understand. I believe that you don't have to follow Jesus to have a good relationship. Okay, what I mean by that is there are plenty of people who do not follow Jesus and love each other well. 
Does that make sense? So, so anything, and, and if you're, so if you find yourself in this room or at a campus or you're watching online, you're like, man, I'm not a believer, John, for whatever reason, I'm just not a believer. Um, I'm hoping that the principles that I'm giving you today will help you because they're transferable whether you believe. Now, I want you to believe. I, I, I sincerely believe that if two people coming together and they're really, really working uh, to follow the Lord, that marriage can be such a blessing. And, it, and it's not just a blessing, but there's a purpose to it. There's a, leg- a spiritual legacy that you leave when, when you both believe. But even if you're not a believer, and that's a struggle in the home, one's a believer and one's not, I'm just telling you that today is not just for believers, although I'm going to be talking to believers, it's for anybody. These things work for anybody. So I'm hoping that your heart is open. I'm, I'm going to dive in because there's, there's a lot that I have. Um, here's a few thoughts. When I ask myself the question, what does it take to have a healthy marriage? What does it take? The first one, and this is a no-brainer, is to choose to be healthy. Both of us choose to be healthy. We, we come together. We both have the same purpose. We, we want to be healthy in our relationship. Ephesians chapter 5, Paul in verse, uh, I think it's 20, yeah, 21, and further submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. We're going to start there, submitting to one another. In other words, we both come to the table saying, I want to follow Jesus. Yes, I want to follow Jesus. And we want to love each other well. We want to we be healthy as a marriage. Now, Anytime you see and further or furthermore in a, in a sentence to begin with, you always look above or you look to the preceding verses. In other words, there is a connection to this submit to one another. And that connection is very interesting. Go back up to verse 15, and when you want to know how to submit to one another, you want to know what this means in health Go to verse 15, and here's what Paul says in verse 15. So be careful how you live. So when we're bringing uh, a careful lifestyle to the table, both of us, in other words, we're choosing to be healthy, we're choosing to be careful, we're choosing to be wise, don't live like fools. In other words, you ain't living like a fool. You're not acting immature. You're not acting like a 13-year-old when you fight. This is, and I'm not, I am trying to be funny, but I'm not really trying to be funny. Some of us act like 13 when we get into a fight. And, and, and what, what, what Paul says is in submitting to one another, what this means is that you're careful how you live. You bring wisdom to the table. You don't bring foolishness. You don't bring immaturity. No, no offense to you 13-year-olds, by the way. I love you. You know that. But you're weird and you're immature and, and you're not ready to be married at 13, okay, right? Make the most of every opportunity. Another, again, wisdom, you making the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. See, when you bring a, 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 a drunkenness to the table, what I mean by that is that your, your mind on, on occasion or even on a regular occasion is not thinking clearly. Do you understand that alcohol does that or any kind of drug substance? It, it, it clouds your reasoning. It clouds your common sense. That's why you get in a car thinking that you can't because it clouds the judgment. 
He says, hey, listen, don't allow that to be in your life. And I'm not against alcohol. I'm just telling you, those of you who just, you know, you, you live for the weekend to, to just party it up because the week has been so hard. I deserve a break. No, no. What you're doing is acting carelessly. You're acting not careful. You're acting, well, I don't want to say that, but you're acting like a, yeah, thank you. I didn't say it. She did. All right. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. So now you're not only bringing wisdom and, and, uh, and, and careful living, and, and uh, you're now bringing spiritual things to the table and a soberness. You're bringing spiritual. You're saying, I want to be filled with the Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks. Then you have a gratitude. So when both of you are bringing careful living, when both of you are bringing wisdom to the table, when both of you are bringing a sobriety, and I don't just mean in moments, I just mean a clarity of thought, like, hey, we're together in this. And then you add the spiritual component. And then you add gratitude. Man, Father, uh, to God and the Father, you're, you're grateful for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and further submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. See, this is all connected. So when we say, when I say choose health, even if you're not a believer, you can choose to bring wisdom to the table. You can choose to be careful how you live and not act foolish, not act immature, but you can add some, some common sense, some sobriety to the, to the relationship. You can even add gratitude to the relationship. You can't add something spiritual necessarily, but you can add all some of these things. Does this make sense? And if you're a believer, this is not optional. This is not like, well, I, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be crazy today. I'm going to be crazy this weekend. So get ready. You're going to drive. That is immature thinking. We're not, we're not in high school anymore. We're not in college. You're not in Kappa Alpha Data or whatever you were in. All right. This is, I'm getting carried away. All right. So here's the, here's the point. Here's the point. It takes two to have a healthy marriage. What kind of marriage are you choosing? Okay, so if you're not married and you want to get married, I'm just telling you, I'm, I'm, help, I'm hopefully, hopefully helping you that you can choose else. So in your dating relationship, if they're bringing careless living, if they're not bringing wisdom and common sense, if they are immature and childish, if they are not bringing spiritual things to the table and gratitude to the table, can I just tell you, those are the, the lost in space robot. Warning, warning, warning. You remember those of you who are older? Warning. It's like th those are huge red flags. So, so you, it takes two. Now, I understand that. It takes two to have a healthy marriage. And I'm just asking you as a married person, no matter what your age is, no matter how many years you've been married, are you choosing health? Now, the second, the second in this, how do, how do we get to a healthy marriage? You, 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 the, the second thing is you pursue love. Amen. Now, I know, this is like, okay, John, I, I, I really kind of knew all this. This is very, very general. No, I, I'm hoping that you'll stay with me till the very end because I'm going to help you at the very end even more than I'm helping you now. <laughs> Pursuing love. We all know the verse 
uh, in the chapter, the love chapter of, of the Bible. It's called 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4. And Paul gives us a definition of love. Now, I can just tell you that nobody will live up to this. No one. It is a journey. That's why I said pursue love. It is a journey. And when I say pursue love, I didn't say pursue sex. I said pursue love. Okay, so, so 1 Corinthians 13. Let's just start with this definition. Let's see how far we get. Verse 4. Love is patient. Well, we've already lost, okay? So most of us, most of us are already, we're just like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm already failed. Love is patient and it's kind. Love is not jealous. In other words, it's not immature. It's not boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. That's the, that's the third. We're already, I mean, first line is love is patient and kind. Okay, we're out. Love is je- not jealous, boastful, or rude. We're out. Okay, it does not demand its own way. Okay, we're out. It is not irritable. <laughs> She's out, that's for sure. And it keeps, I'm totally, totally being serious. And it keeps no record of being, being wronged. That's a big one, right? Keeps no record of being wronged. How many, how many of us throw up things from the past every time you get that trigger? I mean, it's that one trigger and you know what that trigger is and you're like, okay, I'm gonna throw it out there. Because I'm mad. So just so you know I'm mad, I'm going to throw that out there. Here's what love doesn't do. Love doesn't do that. Now, I'm not saying that, that we've all attained this. None of us have, including myself. None of us live like this. None of us. Let me just ask you a question. How many have been irritable in the last two weeks? Raise your hand. Okay, so. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice. But rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith. Now, listen, this part of, this part of love, just like the other ones, we're never going to live by. And when I say never going to live by, we're, it's a journey to, but sometimes, it, remember, go back to number one, it takes two to have a healthy marriage. And sometimes, sometimes somebody violates that. And, and it's, you're just not able mentally or even spiritually or whatever. You can forgive, but you can't just stay with it. I understand those things. I'm not trying to make anybody that's been divorced feel guilty or feel bad or whatever. I don't know the circumstances. I don't know the complication of that. I mean, that's one of the other things that you could add to the complicated list is divorce and remarriage and second marriages and and blended families. That adds complication. So I'm not saying that you can't make it or that it won't be healthy. I'm just saying that sometimes you give up and and, and I hate that. And that's why God hates divorce because it's just, it hurts everybody, including you, including everybody, your kids. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Now, before I go on that one, that's the definition of love. Now, when I say pursue love, I'm just saying, go back, would you, to that, to, yeah. So go, why don't we pursue patience and kindness? The older I get, the, the more I've noticed that I am impatient. I'm not just talking about with my wife or my kids. I'm just impatient in general. Um... And I'm not proud of that. My dad was that way all my life. And, and I, I didn't like it growing up. I was like, man, why, why, is he, why does he get mad so easy? And guess what? My dad's not living now, so I can talk about him. I mean, it's like I'm so mad at him because I'm following the same thing. I'm getting impatient. So what I'm saying is love, pursuing love is pursuing patience. 
It's pursuing kindness. It's pursuing a, a maturity about your relationship where you're not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. You're not irritable. You're not touchy. You're not, you're not uh, keeping record of wrong. You're pursuing this, right? We're pursuing this. Now, we can't not talk about love and not go to, back to Ephesians 5 where Paul, this is a big marriage verse, and I want to explain some of it to you. So when we, we, we looked at verse 21, submit yourselves to each other. And here Paul flushes that out. Let's go back to Ephesians 5. And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So then he says, okay, and this is how we do it. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Now, some of us guys have that on a plaque on our wall, Right? <laughs> We take that verse out and we say, hey, woman, this is what the Lord says right here. Okay, I mean, I'm I'm, going to help you in just a minute. This means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife. And we love that, right? We add that to the plaque. We're like, man, I want you to hear this. I'm the head of the home. I am, I am, you need to submit to me. Okay. And, And for thousands of years, from Jesus until now, the church has, and men in the church and leaders in the church have gotten this so wrong. We, we've looked at this authority as, 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 as like a, I'm the boss. And I'm just going to tell you, well, that, that, that couldn't be further from the truth. Amen. Okay, so let me, let me explain. For a husband is the head of his wife as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church, as the Christ submit, as the church submits to Christ. So you wives should submit to your husbands and everything. For husbands, this means, listen, love your, this means you love your wives just as Christ loved the church. So you wives could put that on a plaque and say, hey, when you love me like Jesus loves the church, I'll submit, <laughs> right? I gave you some of idea. I gave you an idea, right? But but what I'm saying is, I'm going to come back to that. So stay right there. This means husbands love your wives just as Jesus loves the church. Let's let's talk about that for a second. So what this means, and I'm not I'm not trying to be feminist or you know whatever, but what I am saying is that when Paul does say that, hey, husbands, you're the you're the head of the home. You're the authority. It doesn't mean that you're the decision maker. It doesn't mean that you are the end all be all. Listen to me and fall in line and do what I say. In fact, it means the exact opposite. Jesus, here, when you want to love your wife, just like Jesus loves the church, you will be the chief sacrificer. Amen. You will be the chief servant. You'll be the chief one to lay down your life and to, and to I'm, when I say give in, I'm not talking about, you know, just in a fight. I'm just talking about you will be the protector of the relationship. You will be the one that Adam was not. Adam sitting there, standing there, looking at Eve as she partakes of the fruit. And we want to give it a, a bad rap to, to Eve, but he was standing right there. This is why Paul says, hey, listen, guys, you, 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 that's not, I mean, come on. It doesn't mean it's correction. It just means that authority, that authority that we think we have is only authority when it's used in to sacrifice, to serve, 
to love as Christ loves the church. So you guys that have been using that scripture to dominate and to, to, to you know, bring into submission, that is foolishness. Amen. And, it's, and it's been wrong for 2,000 years. S- suppressing. And it's been crazy what's happened. So what I'm saying is, you wanna have a good marriage? Guys, pursue love. And I'm talking to myself, right? I'm talking to me. Pursue love, love your wives as Christ loves go on. And he gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present herself, present her to himself as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love your wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church. And we are members of his body. As the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This is the choosing to be healthy. This is that saying, hey, we're going to submit to one another. And the respect that you give is going to be directly related to the love he gives. And the love you get is directly related to the respect you get. So, so it goes hand in hand. It's not, a, it's not an authority in the, uh, the king. You're, I'm the king, you're the queen. You do what I say. It is not that. It is more of a servant role. This is great mystery, but it's an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So again, I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Okay, so let me just put on the screen like this. Here it is. Pursuing love is a lifelong journey. We all know that. It's a commitment to learn how, to learn how to submit, to learn how to respect, to learn how to love each other. Okay. How many still with me? Okay, good. Third, third, we gotta go, third. Fight smart. Okay, I'm not going where you think I'm going, I don't think. So when I say fight smart, I don't mean encourage us to fight and just be smarter than the other one, okay? That's not what I mean. Ephesians chapter six. Now, wait a minute. Weren't we just in Ephesians five that talked about how we handle relationships and marriage and kids, children obey your your father and mother? Husbands or dads don't exasperate your kids in discipline to where they rebel? Right after chapter 5, and, and remember, Paul didn't write in chapters. He, it was a letter. Right after the point of relationships, he goes into chapter 6, which carries on to relationships. And then he says in verse 10, here's what he says. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. But against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against, princip- uh, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly realm. I'm not trying to get weird, neither is Paul. But, but there is a spiritual component that we think we're fighting physical. We, we're like, hey, she's not doing what I'm, she's supposed to be doing. He's not doing what he's supposed to be doing. That may be true. There's no question. I'm not denying that reality. I'm just saying fight smarter. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then, after the battle, you will still be standing firm. 
Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body of armor of God's righteousness. Shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you'll be fully prepared. In addition, you, you notice all these things work together, and it's all about relationships. It's, all, it's not about spiritual warfare necessarily, although it is. It's about relation, how relationships, and, and I would say in particular the marriage relationship, how we are have to be understanding of the enemy and the principalities, powers, rulers, and authorities that are coming against our marriage, that are coming against our family, and that we stand strong, understanding that the fight is not with each other. The fight is a spiritual fight. And when you can understand that, you're fighting stronger. And, and, and so we, we go on. Um, in addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery uh, arrows of the devil Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert. Be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. So, so this is all relational. Whether it's marriage, whether it's kids, family, parents, brothers and sisters in Christ. All of this is relational when it talks about fighting smart, that we're not fighting flesh and blood. Let me put it on the screen like this. The most important battles in our lives are spiritual, not physical. The quicker we learn that, the healthier our marriage can be. Amen. You know, does that make sense? You're, you're, when, you, when you and I try to change the other one, try, try to change the spouse, um, I don't think we're fighting smart. I'm gonna give you an ultimatum. I'm gonna give you the February 14th to show me your love. That was a good reminder, by the way. What, what if you prayed as much as you talked? What, what if you just before the Lord got alone and you called your spouse, not names, you called their name out in prayer as much as you talked to them about what you need? And about how they should be different. And, you know, I'm not saying everybody's doing that. I'm not saying everybody's fighting. I'm just saying that when it happens, what if you just, instead, you fought smarter? Now, let me put them on the screen again. Choose to be healthy. That's both of us. Pursue love. That's both of us. Fight smart. That's both of us. What would happen if we did all this in a marriage? You and I both know the answer to that whether you're a believer or not. We know the answer to this. Now, that's the end of the message. I know some of us are disappointed. Because I, I, in writing this message, and again, I tell you, I write like three or four, and I kind of like, man, I don't like this. I kept going back to the, this kind of idea to tackle marriage this way. And some of us are disappointed because, John, I, I, I needed some practical tips. What you gave is so big. It, it's so general. It, it, it's so like, ugh. You know, what does it mean, you know, choose health? What, what does it mean to pursue love? I mean, those are just big ideas. And I just want to say a lot of us were looking for this. Date nights. John, talk about that. Talk about how we should have more date nights. Talk about 
intimacy beyond the bedroom. It's not just about getting me in the bedroom. It's more than that. I want them to come home and talk to me and tell me about their day. Talk more about that. Password friendly. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't have no extra phone in the trunk of your car underneath the spare tire. You, you, you just, you know, you share, you know, here, here's your phone. You don't worry when you hand your phone, right? So, and that's what I mean by that. Okay, next one, boundary setting. Like, hey, let's set some boundaries for relationships in this. Let's, let's have some communication tips. Hey, John, help me to, help us to communicate better. Next one is, uh, marriage workshops. Man, why don't you talk about some of that and book resources for all of this is good. Okay? How many, how many agree? All this is good. These are band-aids if the foundation is not right. All these are are band-aids if you're not choosing health, pursuing love, and fighting smart. I can talk about all that. You can go to all the counseling you want. And you know I'm for counseling. You can do all the counseling you want. You can read all the books that you want. You can read all the, look at all the videos that you want. I'm telling you, if we don't understand the spiritual foundation of our marriage, and if you're not a believer, the foundation of our marriage, which would be the same thing, choosing to be healthy, pursuing love and learning to to love and grow in kindness and patience and all those things and fighting smart, not being immature about some of those things. See, that's the foundation. And let me tell you what Jesus said about the foundation. Matthew 7, he ends the whole Sermon on the Mount with this. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. See, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to build our marriages and keep our marriages on solid foundation. Solid foundation. Though the rain comes in torrent, the challenges of marriage, the complications of marriage, yes, they're going to come. They're already there. Floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house. It won't collapse. Why? Because it's built on bedrock. It's built on the foundation. But anyone who listens or hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand. And when the challenges come, when the enemy attacks, that house will collapse with a mighty crash. Guys, this is what I'm talking about. A foundation that is built on the right things. Jesus, I would say, Jesus is at the foundation and you're building on him. You're building on choosing uh, health for your marriage and submitting to one another in love and surrendering your way all the time, not getting it all the time. You're surrendering, you know, you're laying down your life, you're pursuing love, you're fighting smart, you're praying over each other, and you're, 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 you're just, you're in this for the long haul. Marriage can be awesome. Marriage can be a blessing. It, it is a blessing. But we've made it so hard because we keep putting band-aids on things. Oh, we just need another trip. We just need to go to Italy. That'll solve it. No, that'll, that'll get you in financial stuff. You know what I'm saying? I mean, those things are band-aids. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just saying they're band-aids to what the real issues might be. So I, I just, let me put on the screen. Choosing health, pursuing love, and fighting smart is where we start. They are the foundation 
we build on. Then you add date nights. Then you add trips. Then you add passwords. Then you add all those things, okay? That's what I'm hoping for you and for us today. I know this is not the practical, how do you fight fair? How do you do this? And, that. and that, I'm not making fun of that. I'm just saying that I just felt like, hey, let's get to the bottom of what a real health, healthy marriage, what it, what it really looks like. And a healthy marriage means that you both choose health. You both pursue love. You both fight smart. You don't rule like a king. You, you sacrifice. You're not irritable all the time. You're learning to grow out of that or get your way all the time. You're learning to grow out. See, all these things are helpful. They're all practical, but it's a foundation. And when the foundation isn't right and the challenges of life come, your house has a very good chance of not making it because you've built it on money, you've built it on travel, or you built it on kids. And guys, that won't work. You build on Jesus. Amen. You build on Jesus. You build on Jesus. It doesn't mean it's gonna be perfect. And it doesn't mean it always lasts because we're human and we make mistakes and we do stupid things. But if, you, if both of us pursue it, pursue it, pursue it, God honors that, blesses that, and that house, even though the storms come, it stands and not just endures, it's healthy. Lord, you're good, you're good, you're good, and you want for us the best. And, and, and re, 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 even in the garden, you say, it's just not good for man to be alone. I, I, there, there's something missing here. So, so you created this marriage institute between a man and a woman that would be better than being by himself. Now, there's nothing wrong about being by ourselves. If God's called us to do that and whatever, I know there's all kinds of things that surround that. But at the end of the day, the overarching thought is, is that marriage can be a, should be a blessing and a good thing. God, help us to choose wisely how we build our foundation, how we build on our foundation. Help us to choose to listen to your teaching, to follow your teaching. God, help us to lead well. Help us to love well. Help us to fight well. Um, your kingdom come. Your will be done in our marriages, in our lives, as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Hope's Weekend Message. Visit hopefellowship.net and further connect with us by downloading the Hope app from the App Store or Google Play. Have a great day.